0: Right, thank you guys for singing tonight. All right, take out your Bibles this evening. Now, I'm we'll going start off tonight with a question for Miss Ciela. Ciela, what chapter did I preach from for junior church this morning? Please turn to Psalm 100. <laughs> so, i um, preached this sermon before, but only a very few amount of people have heard it. Only Ciela, Evan, and Steven, and my wife have heard I preached this. I told Sarah last night that I'm going to preach on Psalm 100 this evening, and then for Junior Church preached the kiddie version of the message. And so tonight you're going to get, you know, the big boy stuff. The so Psalm 100. Amen. <laughs> I love Psalm 100. It's been on my heart a lot recently. We're having the kids outside memorize Psalm 100, and so we're working through the first two verses right now. I guess if we want to title this psalm, it would have to be maybe how to have a right attitude psalm. This is a great psalm, very familiar psalm. Maybe a lot of you probably have this psalm memorized. It's a very famous psalm and uh, it talks a lot about having a right attitude, how to have a right attitude, and and what it means to be a Christian. So uh, let's go ahead and read Psalm 100. Reads, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Knowing that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's go ahead and go to the Word in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, thank you for church. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather in your house. Father, I pray the Lord right now that you would just help me as I preach. Forgive me and cleanse me of sin, Lord. Help me to be pure in your eyes right now. Father, Lord, give me the word to say as I preach, Lord, and help each person here uh, to get something from the word of God. Lord, we love you. We also in Jesus' name. Amen. So keeping a right attitude sometimes can be a challenge. Can it not? The world seems to be just full of negativity. You know, you look at the, the headlines every day in the news, and it's just all negative. The stock market's crashing. Look at this person in politics. Man, the weather is crazy. man. everything is just bad. And that's, well, that's all we hear all the, all the time. So natural it could be for us as a Christian to just kind of go with the flow, and not say, well, if everyone else is depressed and moody, well, I guess I should be as well. I'll just, I'll just fit in. It almost seems like those who have a right attitude are the people who kind of just stand out. And they're like, everyone notices and people think, well, what's wrong with that, dude? You know, in the sense that everything is just bad. But having a right attitude is essential as a Christian. It kind of it kind of shows us, sets us apart from everybody else. While the world is, goes with the flow of how their career, with their lifestyle is going, we... We don't change with the time. We don't let the environment define who we're going to be and what our attitude is going to be. Because as a Christian, through the ups and the downs of life, we're just going to have a right attitude. We're going to be serving the Lord. And this psalm sets the standard for Christians by pointing out that God deserves his children to be joyful, to be thankful. I, I pick out most of the songs. Um, my wife helps me, and like I said this morning, Brother Dave suggested the the um, course of the month, and so I gladly obliged. But tonight's songs have a lot to do with being thankful, praising God, and actually I didn't even pick those songs. My wife did. And so something, you know, we got a connection there almost. It's almost like we're married. And so <laughs> that kind of that leads into our, my message very well tonight in the sense of we need to have a right attitude. Um, we live in a generation that glories in bad attitude. I was teaching the children from our sides, you know, you there's so many things that can dictate our attitudes the music you listen to and it was ironically enough as i'm as i'm preaching there brother steve knows what i'm talking about this guy on a motorcycle he come he's driving down the street music blaring and it's this heavy rock and roll depressing type of music i said kids i saw the guy and he looks miserable why because his music is dictating his attitude And, you know, oftentimes what we listen to, what we watch, what we wear, who we're hanging out with detects who we're going to also be and what our attitude is going to be. So the world glorifies in having a bad attitude. Music stars make thousands of millions of dollars just on bad times in their lives, a bad relationship or previous times in their childhood that went bad. And so what do they do Well, they write songs to glory in their bad attitude and they make money off of it? And so we need to learn that we can be different and that we don't have to have a bad attitude. If you are a Christian, there's so much to be thankful for, is there not? There's so much to be thankful for. Look at Psalm 100. This is kind of like the introduction to my sermon here. Uh, Verse number uh, 3 says, It is he that hath made us. God has created you. Verse 3, we are his people. God has saved you. Uh, Verse 3 also says, and the sheep of his pasture, God cares for you. Verse 5, for the Lord is good, God has been good to you. His mercy is everlasting, God has given you his mercy, though undeserved. And also verse 5 tells us, and his truth endureth. God has extended the truth of the word of God to you. And those six reasons alone, enough to be thankful for day in and day out. Because of these wonderful things that God has done for us, He deserves to see and to hear the right kind of attitude from us. Now think about this, that God hears and God sees everything we're doing all the time. Proverbs fifteen three tells us, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So what has God seen from you this past week? And what did God hear from you this past week? Kind of a scary thought, is it not? And so first of all, talking about how to have right attitude is, God deserves to hear a joyful sound from his children. God deserves to hear a joyful sound from his children. Look at verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful noise. What does it mean to be Joyful. Because we can obviously be joyful in the wrong things. So what does it mean to be joyful? Well, turn over and keep your finger obviously here in Psalm 100. But go to Psalm 126. The first thing I would say that God would like to hear from us. Maybe something you weren't thinking of. Is laughter. Psalm 126. Verse number 1 reads, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Verse 2, Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. A happy Christian is a great testimony for the Lord. Not only that, but what does laughter come, follow after? A joyful heart. You can always tell when a person is moody, or you say, you know, think about me, I'm a funny guy, I say funny jokes all the time, and when I say a funny joke and no one laughs, well, I'm thinking, okay, that person's got a heart problem, because that joke was funny, you know? So well, Stephen's not laughing, so so you can kind of tell, right? You know, there's always people you're hanging out with, people at work, or people, your family that you're just talking to, you're joking around with, and you always got that one guy in the corner, right? He's just kind of sitting there, and he's always depressed and moody, It's like, What's that, what's that person's problem? Well, I'll tell you what it comes down to. It's his heart. He doesn't have a joyful attitude. Now, I was talking, th- talking to my dad about a, a week or so ago, and this is, of course, nobody here we're referring to. But there's obviously people, you know, they know we're Swakowski, They think we're funny. And so they think that they have to be funny around us constantly. And so they'll tell jokes that are not funny. And you kind of just have to fake laugh. But you can know, it, sometimes that's natural, Sometimes it's not. It's all good. But God's looking for laughter. And God's looking for a joyful heart. When you're joyful, it's easy to laugh. It's easy to joke around. But when your heart is messed up and as a Christian, we're not having a joyful attitude, you sit there and you don't laugh and you don't praise the Lord for the things he does. Laughter comes from a joyful heart. Laughter changes your countenance. It feeds your soul. And I'll tell you what, it also increases good health. Look at Proverbs 15. I'll give you proof. Proverbs 15. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. I think that's just an incredible verse that God puts in the Bible for us. Obviously Solomon put there in all of his wisdom. But he say, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So that means, no matter what trial of life you're going through, you can have a merry heart through it. And that changes your countenance. But then the other side of it is, when you have a sorrowful heart, or a heart that doesn't have a joyful attitude... It says that the heart, the spirit, is broken. You can tell when a spirit is broken in somebody just by their countenance alone, right? Some people are more telling than others. Uh, when I was in high school, Pastor Miller, the, the principal of school I went to, could always kind of tell what attitude I had by the countenance I went to school and He would always point it out to me, and he knew right away. Some people are more telling than others. And so a merry heart automatically puts your countenance in a, in a good mood. But sometimes people have a resting face that looks mean and grumpy. But the second you start talking to them, they, have, they just spring up. And you can always tell where somebody's at just by their countenance alone. Uh, look at verse 15, Proverbs 15 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And also, turn over to Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart doth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bone. So think about that. A merry heart, a joyful heart, a joyful attitude, the Bible says, is as good as medicine. That can help us more than we think. And so laughter comes from... A joyful attitude and that God loves to hear his kids laughing and, and having a good time. And it's like I was obviously looking for, for the heart in a night. And when you have a good heart, laughter is almost a natural thing that comes with it. Look at Colossians chapter 4. So God deserves to hear a joyful sound from his children. And first of all, with laughter, what is a joyful sound? It's laughter. Secondly, it's positive statements. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us let your speech be always with grace seasoned with salt that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man let your speech be always with grace have positive statements Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, I'll read it for you, reads, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brothers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Negative comments and critical statements damage the work of Christ and spread discord among the brethren. Does it not The best way to stop a work of God is to just be critical and to be condescending towards somebody or to say, you know what, they're not as good as I could have done it or you know what, this person doesn't do it good enough. And sometimes we can just be negative when the Bible says to let our speech be always with grace. Negative comments can hurt somebody from wanting to do more for the work of God. In playing sports, you know, you hear... But one of the best ways to get better is to be taught and to be teachable. And there's always times where you know you messed up in a play or or whatever it is and you get all the negative comments. And sometimes it really hurts you, does it not? Hearing the negative comments can almost make you want to say, well, you know what? I don't want to play for this team no more. I don't want to play this sport no more because everybody is just negative. Well, that happens a lot in the Christian life, right? And say you're not doing this right. You're not doing this as you should be, and we're trying to. And there's a difference between being condescending, right, and having a joyful attitude and trying to be season our speech with grace to somebody. I think it's important, just the way we say things to somebody. There's there's different ways to say. It. I can say something. I can correct you with a bad attitude, or I can correct you with a good attitude. And what should, what should I as a Christian do, or well, should be with? A joyful attitude, but then to have positive statements to be an encouragement to others. There are just some people that just cannot encourage other people. The only person they want to be encouraged is themselves. That shouldn't be the case. Well, of course, we all want encouragement, but you know what? Just as much as we want to be encouraged, we should be an encourager. Don't be go out of your way to encourage somebody. Somebody does something as simple as picking up garbage from the church property. Well, hey. Thank you for doing that. That can go a long way, does it not? And so be an encouragement to other people. Try to encourage people in the work of God. I remember when I was a kid, and I was sitting here in Sunday school, and I won't say names of anybody, but this one, this one girl who was a bus kid driving the van and was coming faithfully for a while, she'd always receive negative comments from other people in church. And I remember one time she said, and this stuck with me even though I was pretty young, she said, well, I read a chapter in my Bible. That's awesome, is it not? Well, you know what the person next to her said? That's all you read? That's it? You know, you think about that. It's like you're trying to encourage them. Help them out. The last thing they need is for you to come with your condescending attitude who probably doesn't even read the Bible in the first place. And so be an encouragement to other people it may just be some people grow in their Christian faith rapidly right but then there are some that don't and they grow they grow in their faith a little bit slower season with grace your statements proverbs 31 this kind of leads right into a talk about positive statements this one in proverbs 31 be an encouragement to others speak Positive comments encourage somebody. Proverbs 31 in verse 26 reads, "She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness." God should never, u- God should never hear using your tongue to hurt other people. God is not. God is not. God is, not, God is not pleased with that. God wants us to speak with grace to everybody. Um, we should go out of our way to encourage people. Encourage leaders. Encourage your peers. Kindness should be the law of our lip. Kindness should always come out of our hearts. I think when we have a joyful attitude that we're going to naturally be encouragement and speak positive statements... But when we don't have the Spirit of God in our heart, we're not producing joyfulness, we're going to be a discouragement to somebody. Sometimes it's just best to keep our mouth shut. Psalm 150 in your Bibles, if you wouldn't know we're turning a lot this evening. We're tired. We had a lot this afternoon for for lunch. Trying to keep you up. I'm speaking to Pastor Matt, of course. Psalm 150, verse 6. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that hath breast praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God. I told the kids outside that you should be... When was the, I told the kids outside, I kind, of, I kind of gave them this question at the end. I said, you know, when was the last time you thanked God? Just in general. I told the kids, you know, there are many people in this church or in your life who love you, who care for you that have gone out of the way, that have given financially to many things, that have taken you out, that have provided all the snacks that you see, when was the last time you thanked God for them? Because God is the one who put them in your life. So Christian, think about it in your life. There are many people who have been a blessing and an encouragement to you. And I've helped you to get to the point where you are today. So when's the last time we thank God for those people? We need to be thankful. Praise God for everything he's done for us. I told the kids outside, my morning routine when I pray, I always start with, I start off with praise to God. It's something I try to get into a habit of doing. So I, I I pray and I say, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my two cars. Thank you for my two cats. Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my church family. And I go throughout the list and thank the Lord for my job. And And so... Praise God for the things that you have, even the smallest of things. Praise God for those things because let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath. So there's always something to be thankful for. There are many people who could find even the smallest things to be ungrateful for. Well, Christian, you should be the opposite. Thank God for everything that he's given to you. I love Miss Naira's praises on Wednesday nights. I'm going to put, put you out here, Miss Naira. She always thanks God for even the smallest of things such as a parking spot that way, that's an encouragement to me because, yeah, we should thank God for the smallest of things, right? God's been very good to us. And sometimes we think about what we don't have or what we should have and we we feel entitled. But God's been very, very good to us. And so turn over back to Psalm 100. Psalm 100 and verse number 2 tells us, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Mm-hmm. God deserves to hear his children serving with gladness. Yeah. Now think about it. Sometimes we think about all the things that we have to do. I have to go to church or I have to bring my family to church. So don't you know how much trouble that is? Or don't you know I, have to, I don't have time to read my Bible? Don't you know I don't have time to pray? It's not a have to, right? It's a we get to. You know, I get to serve God, or I get to do all the things that I get to do for God. It's an honor. It's a privilege that we get to serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the the Alpha and the Omega. Man, it's a blessing. It's an encouragement that we get to do that. We're not worthy of it. We're just sinners saved by grace. But yet, here we are. We get to serve the Lord. You can serve the Lord by coming to church. You can serve the Lord by doing all the things in your life, by by reading your Bible, by praying and. But doing it with gladness is the key. I can come here tonight and I can go through the motions of doing the music and preaching here tonight, but if I don't have gladness in my heart, is God really pleased with who I am? I told the kids outside I gave game the scenario, said, Do you think God is more pleased with the person who gives hundred dollars with a with a, with a bad attitude, or one dollar with a good attitude? And they all said the one dollar. And so God looks at our heart, does he not? God, looking at our heart, how how is our heart when we go into things? I, is our heart actually, well, I got I gotta read my Bible because I gotta check it off my list of things to do, or saying, man, I can't wait to get into God and read the Bible and have a I get to have a relationship with the Creator of the universe. I have a personal relationship with Him. It's it's an I get to, not I I have to. So that's a mindset change. It's a heart change that we need to have. Is we get the opportunity to serve the Lord and do it with gladness. Moving on here, verse 2 also tells us to serve the Lord with gladness. But then the second part it says, come before his presence with singing. God deserves to hear his children sing his praises. He deserves it. You know, when I was in college, I remember a preacher once said, and it's kind of stuck with me all these years, and the fact that he said, you can tell how much somebody loves the Lord by the way they sing. And man, that really hit me. It made me think in a way I've never thought before. Because A person who loves the Lord, it doesn't matter how good your voice is, how good or how bad you think you sound. A person who loves the Lord is going to sing praises to God. You're not worried about how you sound, you're just praising the Lord. Whether that's in your heart, or you're singing it out loud, or you're whistling, or you're praising God in your car. Whatever you're doing, serve the Lord. Sing His praises. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5, if you would. So, congregational singing. Does it come from your heart, or are you doing it for the motions because it's part of the service? I think sometimes it can become, I guess the word is redundant. You know, we're getting used to doing it all the time. It's just part of the flow, it can almost become Robotic with how we sing. You know, we stand up, we sing four verses of a song, we sit down, Pastor Matt comes up, and then Pastor Matt sits down, and we kind of just go through the motions. But how's our heart in the service like? You can kind of tell. You know, it doesn't matter how many people we have in a church service that dictates the spirit of God working in the church. God cares about the attitude, the, the joy that comes to serving God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18 in your Bibles says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Heartfelt singing is an outward sign that you are filled with the Spirit of God. Colossians chapter 3 in your Bibles. Turn there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with your grace in your hearts to the Lord. So heartfelt singing is an outward sign that you are filled with the word of God. So heartfelt singing is an indication that we are filled with the spirit of God, but then also with the word of God. Remember, as salvation we are all indwelt with the spirit of God. But then there comes this moment where we've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. It means God is controlling our actions and what we're doing, and we're in complete control of God, the Lord's working within us. And so, a sign of that, according to the Word of God, is singing, is praising the Lord. We don't have to be the, the greatest singer of all time, we just got to sing praises to God. I told the, the kids, God fearfully and wonderfully created each and every one of you, and that includes your voice. Never think that your voice is not as good as somebody else's or you can't sing to God because you're not as good as God made you and just sing his praises. Amen. We're not looking for the, the greatest to sing. We're just looking for those who are willing to sing. So sing praises to God. Sing praises to God alone. Sing praises to God as a family. Sing praises to God in our church services. Sing praises to God. Psalm 100 verse 4 will end with this last one. <laughs> Psalm one hundred. I should have left my mark there. Verse four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Colossians three fifteen. The verse I just uh, verse before I just read. It says, "Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful." Two words that should. Often come out of our mouth as a joyful Christian, serving the God is two very important words, which are thank you. Thank you. A person who is joyful will say thank you. One of my biggest pet peeves, and I've always had it in my life, is when I hold the door open for somebody and they don't say thank you.
1: I don't know why,
0: but that gets under my skin. Sometimes, it, it, I understand they were busy, they weren't paying attention, that's Okay. But there's sometimes you open the door and they think that they're entitled to come in first because they're you-know-who. Just say, thank you. Never think you're too big to say, thank you. Sometimes it's all people look for. We'll bend over backwards for somebody, and all we ask for in return is thank you. And sometimes the people will just never say anything. We'll drive them all over creation. We'll give them all types of food. We'll help them out financially. We're not asking for anything in return. But you know what helps us out? It's just a thank you. So be a thankful person. I think a thankful person indicates how uh, your heart. A thankful person, uh, a person with a joyful attitude is going to be thankful. Not only to God, but to others around you. And just be a thankful person. And so those two words should be with us all the time is thank you. So going into this verse 4 tells us, Going into his gates, you know, talking about prayer here is with thanksgiving. So open up your prayers with thanksgiving. Thank God for everything that he's given you. God's been very, very good to all of us. Why? Because verse 5 tells us the Lord is good. And that's a fact. Even through the highs and lows of life, verse 5 always stands in the fact that the Lord is good. And so live your life in the knowledge that God sees all you do and God hears all you say. And so have a sweet and spiritual attitude for all that God has done for you. And why? Because it's just simply our reasonable service. It's the least we can do. Psalm 100 is a very simple chapter. It's just five verses. But I think it's a very powerful chapter in the same time. It kind of tells us a lot about who we are and it kind of indicates who we are as a Christian. Are we a Christian who goes with the flow? Are we almost robotic in how we serve God and what we do for God? Or are we having a right attitude? There are a lot of people in the world, like I mentioned in the beginning, who are just always going to have a bad attitude. And we have to be careful, first of all, that we don't associate ourselves with wrong music, with videos that discourage us, with people around us that are going to be a discouragement to us. That's yeah, it's going to make our countenance fall. There are some people that, no matter how good things are going, they can always find something wrong. They, the, the weather isn't as good as it was yesterday. They're a little bit too busy at work, or they, uh, the cupcakes in the oven weren't as good as they were the last time, or whatever. Learn to have a right attitude through the highs and also through the lows. There's a season to rejoice, and there's a season to weep, Right? There's always this, The verse 5 always stands in that His mercy is everlasting. And so we have to hold true to the Word of God. And through, on, through the ups and lives and downs in life, you know, we always get to have a right attitude. And learn to serve God. Because that's what people notice. People will notice you having a right attitude. It, is, it stands out like a sore thumb. It stands out. People notice a person with the right attitude. If you have a bad attitude, you're going to be blending in like everybody else. But the Bible calls us to be salt and to be light. How do we become salt and light? Have right attitude, I think, is a key thing to sticking out. As so, a Christian, how do, how do you have right attitude? Well, things, things that we should do is hear. We should speak joyful sounds, such as laughter, positive statements, be an encouragement to others, praise the Lord. Secondly, serve Him with gladness. Thirdly, sing his praises, because there are so many. And lastly, just have a grateful spirit. Have a spirit of gratitude. And that, Christian, is just a very simple thing and kind of should motivate us throughout the week and kind of just check off the list of, am I doing these four things throughout the week? Am I uh, showing that I am a Christian with the right attitude? Just your attitude alone, I'll end on this, just your attitude alone, can lead to, to giving you the, giving somebody else the gospel, because they want to know why. Why are you so happy? What makes you happy? How can they have that attitude? And that leads you straight into giving them the gospel. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. There's nothing more important than that. So, Christian, have right attitude. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that we would have a good attitude, that we would serve you with gladness, Lord, that we would just live you with the, our, all of our heart, Father. Lord, bless this upcoming business, Lord. I pray that you have your hand upon it, Lord. Help us to be uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to your leading. God, I thank you for open doors and for open opportunities. We love you. Praise the Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Matt.